0: Hello everyone, and uh, welcome to our dining table, which is also our school right now, isn't it? Yeah. But more importantly, we want to welcome you to the King's Arms Online. It's really great to have you here. We're really pleased about it, aren't we? Yeah. Now, my name is Steve, if we haven't had the opportunity of being introduced before. And what's your name? Lexi. Lexi. And Lexi gets to call me Daddy. This is my little one, and she is amazing. (laughs) So, we wanted to welcome you, didn't we? to uh, be part of this very special meeting and uh, particularly we know that right now we're not just getting people who are part of our normal King's Arms community but we've got all sorts of visitors as well. People from Bedford and all over the world right now. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So we really want to welcome you especially to be part of our community even if you're just checking church out. You are so welcome here. Now last week, and this is why I've asked Lexi to come and help us, Last week, we took up a really special offering. And it was an offering to help people from other churches across the world who are going through an incredibly difficult time, both right now and in the months to come because of the coronavirus. But we took up a special offering and we wanted to announce how much we raised as part of the King's Arms Church. Should we do it? Yeah. Are you ready to show your special picture? Yes. Lexington is going to say, let's have a little drum roll first. And here we go. Let's reveal how much we raised as a church. It was. £82,000 as of last Wednesday, which is an amazing amount, isn't it? What do you want to say to everyone who gave some money? Thank you. Thank you so much for what you've uh, given in to support us of doing this. This is brilliant. And The other part of that that we wanted to announce was the fact that actually we're part of a group of churches called Catalyst. And there's actually a figure that all those churches who have been contributing have raised as well. So are you ready to show this one? Little drum roll again? Brilliant. Go on, let's show our image. £300,000, which is just remarkable. And so on behalf of uh, the churches who are supporting, but also particularly on behalf of the leaders here, we want to say thank you so much for supporting us in this way. Right, stick that image down because we've got one more a very important bit of announcement, okay? And that is that this week we've got our first prayer meeting. So once a term we want to take some time to be able to um, engage and with God and to listen to him and to be able to take some time as a whole church to pray together. And in this season we've got the privilege of doing that through Zoom. Now if you want to find out more about that and if you want to be part of it then we want to encourage you to go to a particular web address. What's the web address Lexi? Are you ready? Let's lift it up. It's kingsarms.org slash thirst. You can find out the address that you can get connected. So listen, whether your prayer life has flourished in this season or whether it's been really tough, I want to encourage you. Let's join as a whole church. And it's this Friday coming at 8pm. It's going to be brilliant. Isn't it going to be amazing? Yeah. It's really good to pray. Now listen, when... uh, we come together like this, we have the privilege to be able to worship Jesus, which is a really good and wonderful thing. And it's not just that we sing songs about him, but we get to sing songs to him, which is a real joy and a massive opportunity for us. And that's what we're going to do right now. And so listen, we're going to hand over to Matt, who's going to lead us in worship as we sing our songs of adoration to Jesus. Thanks so much for being with us.
1: Dear Father, we welcome you into every heart right now. We come to worship you this morning, to lift you higher, God. Come and have your way. Come invade this place. And praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, praise the Lord, praise the And praise the... crying out for more and in your presence we come alive open up the doors we are ready we are ready we're crying out for more and in your presence we come alive open up the doors. alive, open up the doors, we are ready, we are ready, we're crying out for more, and in your presence we come alive, open up the doors, we are ready, we are ready, we're crying out for more. In your presence we come alive Open up the doors We're so ready, oh we're so ready We're crying out for more In your presence we come alive We come alive yeah. oh come alive in your presence we come alive in your presence yeah death could not hold you the veil tore before you you silenced the boast of sin and grave the heavens are roared The praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again, and you have no rival, you have no evil. King of glory so let your glory shine around and let your glory shine around King of glory he be found oh king of glory so let your glory shine around and let your glory shine around King of glory he be found king of glory A King of Glory. This is the throne. This is the throne. And let your glory fall. And this is the throne. This is the throne. This is the throne. Let your glory fall. Cause this is the throne. This is the throne. This is the throne, so let your glory fall. We invite you, Jesus. Let your kingdom come, and let your will be done. Yeah, yeah. And this is the throne. This is the throne. This is the throne. So let your glory fall And all eyes are on you All eyes are on you And all eyes are on you, Father Let your glory fall Let your glory fall And I sing praises to your name. Praises to your name. The name that's so much. My King, we lift You up, and we lift You high, and we lift You up, we lift You high. My soul now to stand And you stood before my failures You carried the cross for my shame My sin weighed upon your shoulders My soul now to stand And what can I say? And what can I do? But offer this heart, oh God, completely You. And what can I say? What can I do? But offer this heart, oh God. That I am I am is yours, and all that I am is yours. Every part of me, and all that I am is yours. I stand, and I stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all of the one who. Gave it all in our stand my soul, Lord you surrendered all that I am is yours, all I am is yours.
0: Father, I want to thank you. For that truth that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us and i want to thank you god for your presence amongst us and the joy and the delight of knowing that you are here with us close to us right now and god it's an immense privilege that scattered across bedford and beyond lord that we get to worship you you are the one that's captivated our hearts. You're the one that's transformed our lives. You are the one who is worthy of all of our praise and all of our adoration. So we give you all the glory. We give you thanks. We give you praise. And we honour you. as the name of all names. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, if you joined partway through the meeting, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, We're no longer on the dining room table with all the work everywhere, but it really is a pleasure to have you with us at Online Church. I hope you've had a great week. And, you know, we really love it when people uh, chat with us in the chat rooms as well. And so please do feel free to, to let us know how you're doing. You can request prayer and you can even give online as well. So there's a button on your screen right now that simply says give. And we so appreciate everyone as part of their expression of worship standing with us as we look to bless this town and beyond. Now over these last few weeks one of the things that we have been doing is uh, introducing a few people to share what it's like in their world going through this season and so we've heard from people from the hospital, we've heard about people who are running small businesses and today we thought we'd take the opportunity to see how some of our youth are getting on through lockdown and so I'm going to welcome right now Owen and Henry to share how these guys are doing.
2: Thanks, Steve, yeah, Owen here. Just wanna take a little bit of time just to hear about how one of our young people are doing uh, and then just how we can be praying for our young people as a church family. So I've asked Henry to come and share, so I'm gonna welcome Henry onto the, the screen now. Opening. Here he is. Hello, hello. Let me unmute you. Got that pill back. How you doing, Henry, you all right?
3: Yeah, mate, I'm I'm doing really well. Thank you. How are you? Good,
2: good, good. Yeah, very good, thank you. For those that don't know you, do you wanna just maybe share a little bit about yourself?
3: Yeah, of course. Um, my name's Henry Vincent. I'm fourteen. Uh I'm currently in eleven to fourteen group at King's Arms. So good. Um loving it. And I'm about to move up to fourteens to eighteens in the summer.
2: Um and yeah, so very good. Nice. And obviously, Henry, with the the situation at the moment, you're you're not at school as you normally would be. You're yeah. you're at home studying. How are you finding life at home, school from home?
3: Yeah, um, I think so. At the moment, we're getting work sent to us from uh, our teachers at school, um, and that's good. I think it's just it's just it's so weird. You know, we've never really had anything like this before. Um, and it's just it's just a, it's just a new thing. But I think we're getting into the swing of things, um, and it's definitely becoming easier. Um I think what's just exciting is that, you know, even though it's unexpected to us, it isn't unexpected to God. And he's working all things for the good. And I'm so excited to see what, what Father has. Um and it's so cool. Yeah.
2: So it's good. good. Amazing. Yeah. That's good to hear. And maybe just from your, your time at home as well, what what's one uh thing that you're thankful for or enjoying, and then maybe just one challenge as well? Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: I think one thing that I'm hugely thankful for is just my family. I think that family is all the time obviously incredible, but especially in the season where we can't go out and see friends and and uh, and other people, you know I think family is just such an incredible. Thing to have where we can connect we can process and 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 just just be together um and also i think you know just being able to have fun in a time like this is so important um and and that's what me and my siblings have been trying to do and yeah it's so good um i think the challenge is um i think as a as a as a christian you know i i believe that my calling is to to share the gospel and to to love on people every day, um, and I think where I, I I so want to do that. I think it's hard when I when I can't and when I can't be with people and I can't love on people, um, and I think that's just a challenge that I'm I'm trying to trying to grow in and trying to find ways of how I can do that even when I am at home in isolation. Um, but I'm just excited, like I said, just to see what what's going to come come of this. Mm-hmm. And, what's going to happen for, for the world, really. Um, so, yes, I thought, yeah. Again.
2: What's the one thing you're looking forward to most about when we, when we're finally able to see each other again? See friends um, and, and people like that? Ooh,
3: there's a lot of things. Um, <laughs> I think, that, like I said, I'm so excited to, to to pray for people I don't know, my, my brothers and sisters. Um, and also just to, just to be, like, come to you and Luke and Matt and, and all my friends and, like, it's just, it's going to be so, it's going to, yeah. Just to to be with friends and family again and be able to just have some, like, regularity, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's good. And then finally, Henry, just how can we as a church family be praying for young people yourself, uh, but young people as a whole as well in this time?
3: Um, Yeah, that's really interesting. I think for me, um... I was uh, reading something the other day, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, For God gave us not a spirit of fearfulness, but power love and a sound mind. Um, and I think for us as um, as Christians, it's so important that we have that sound mind and we fix our eyes on God. But in a time like this, it's so easy to to almost adopt that spirit of fearfulness. I think mm-hmm. just, to, just to pray for the young people to just fix their eyes on Father, an amazing father and just just choose that sound mind that you know we yeah. don't have to fear because it's it's in his hands Um okay. and just praying for peace i think Um and yeah yeah things like that it's
2: good yeah, yeah. that's good yeah so we, we'd love to be praying for for our young people just that they would know peace and that they would have a sound mind fix their eyes on jesus but Also, as well, that they just know that they're not alone in this, that even though we're in isolation, we're not isolated. God is with us. So they're the three things we'd love to pray for as a church family. But thanks for sharing, Henry. I'm sure we will see each other soon. Uh, Back to you in the studio.
0: Wasn't that amazing? Owen, Henry, you guys are inspiring. Thank you so much for all that you're doing and all that you've shared. Can we just take a moment to pray for them? I'm gonna pray on our behalf, but you can pray in your own home or you can just say a hearty amen to this prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I do wanna thank you so much for our young people. I wanna thank you, God, for their energy and their drive. I wanna thank you, God, for the fact that they're such a heartbeat in our church community. And uh, I wanna pray, God, in this season, they would know your favor, They would know your presence. They would know your closeness. I pray that they would find a really good balance between screen time and good, healthy connection in other places. I want to pray that they would actually feel connected to others and especially in their family, Lord. I pray that where our young people right now have difficult home circumstances, God, would there be peace there? And I want to pray, God, that you'd be really close to them. And I want to ask God that in the years to come, that it would even be the case they'd look back and say that God used this time for their good, even though there might be difficult decisions to make around studies and all sorts of different things. But God, we're thankful for them and we bless them just now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, one final thing to share is that uh, every week after the two morning meetings, we have some Zoom hangouts, which means if you want to connect with some people, you want to make friends, you want to make connections, um, we really want to invite you there. You can find those details on the chat wall or in the notes section of the app that you're watching this on. And uh, it would be brilliant to be able to uh, welcome you, particularly if you're new. So if you want to find out more about the church, then that's a great place to start. But whether you've been coming to the church even for 25 years, you would be so welcome to join us on one of those Zoom chats as well. So thanks so much for being with us today and um, all we're going to do now is we're going to listen in to Kirsty Cook. So Kirsty, take it away.
4: Welcome from my home to yours. I've been safe here for seven weeks now with my husband Matt, our three teenage children, three fish and a dog. For the first time in my life I am actually feeling fairly envious of our fish, swimming around undisturbed, uninterrupted in their tank without a care in the world. However, I am also quite partial to cod and chips, and our local chip shop is still shut, so the fish might find themselves serving another purpose. I'm sure I'm not the only one who entered this strange season in our lives with lots of ideas as to what I might do, and I've been thoroughly entertained by the music and drama and stunts that people have been getting up to. I sadly have not managed to write a book or redecorate my bathroom, but I have managed to pray more not to lose my temper with the kids, and not to eat Oscar's goldfish. Our hopes and dreams are a big part of who we are, aren't they? And I'm sure none of us started this year thinking, wouldn't it be brilliant if we had a world pandemic where thousands died and we all had to change what our lives looked like? And yet, this is the circumstances in which we find ourselves. Work plans thrown up in the air, hopes of holidays dashed, hopes of fun with family and friends, feeling a long way off, anxieties and worries about what the future might hold. In moments such as these I asked myself as a follower of Jesus what difference is my faith going to make as to how I respond to these circumstances? Now the Bible is our blueprint to life right and there are many different places in which we could go in scripture to find the answer to this question but I felt God draw me to these verses in 1 Peter so this is what we're going to look at This morning, reading from 1 Peter 1, starting at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor in Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls." Isn't this a fabulous passage? right in the beginning, Peter refers to us as having a living hope. And that is what I want us to concentrate on today. I want us to think about what it means to live with a living hope, how this helps us deal with suffering, and finally, how we can grow in that in our everyday lives. So firstly, what does it mean to have a living hope? Well, we need to know that right here, Peter is talking to people who are suffering. They are experiencing all kinds of persecution right now, and life is tough. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we can think that, well, it's all very well and good for people in those times in their primitive lives. They didn't have mortgages to pay and cars to run and children to school. Our issues are more grown up and important, and so what is here isn't really relevant to me. Or maybe we think that sometimes the people we read about in the Bible lead super spiritual lives and they have nothing better to do than think about what the Lord is teaching them. So they have more time and more capacity to deal with these issues. But actually, nothing could be further from the truth. The Bible is written in a particular time in history and so, of course, is bound by the cultural constraints of those times. But it is also written with an eternal relevance. And therefore, the principles it has to teach us will be applicable in our lives today. In this passage, Peter is talking about something which we all experience. Suffering. We can't get through life without suffering. We might experience in different in different ways, be it loss or breaking up of a family, disappointment, financial ruin, bullying, loneliness, illness, the list goes on. The point here, suffering isn't an if, it's a when. Whether we're living in first century Asia Minor or 21st century Britain, we're going to need to know how to deal with suffering. And that's what Peter's addressing here. What solution is he giving us? He talks about us having a living hope. So what does he mean by that? A guy called Viktor Frankl wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, and it is a powerful and profound account of his experiences as a prisoner of war in a Nazi concentration camp. One of the things he talks about is how the prisoners around him responded to the suffering and persecution which they were experiencing. And he found he could put them into broadly four categories as to how they responded. He said the first category of people really just became very brutal, out for themselves, didn't care who they hurt in order to try and survive and became a really unpleasant group to be around. The second group were people who really just lost hope altogether had nothing to aim for, and this group eventually just wasted away. The third group of people did place their hope in something. They placed their hope in their lives returning to normal. They placed their hope in regaining their jobs and their homes, being reunited with their family. And he said this group in the main did make it through their experiences in the concentration camps. But sadly, afterwards, found it incredibly difficult to adjust back to life. They suffered with severe mental ill health, couldn't hold jobs down or keep relationships going. And sadly, a portion, a small portion, ended up committing suicide. Then there was a fourth group, and he said this was very small. These people seemed to be able to keep hold of an inner peace and freedom. He talked of how their inner spiritual life and love seemed to grow in the time that they were in the camp, and they continued to conduct themselves in a way that was full of grace. What do his observations tell us about how humans handle suffering? Well, firstly, I think they tell us that we need some kind of hope in order to get anywhere. The first two groups clearly struggled without that, and we wouldn't have needed to read the memoirs of a Nazi concentration camp Uh, survivor to have come to that conclusion for ourselves, I'm sure. The more interesting thing for me though, is the difference between the third and fourth group. You see, the third group did have hope, but they placed that hope in circumstantial things. Even though they were good things, relationships, jobs, a stable home, they were things over which they had no control and things that ultimately moth and rust were going to destroy. They were temporary. And the evidence would seem to suggest that it wasn't enough to help them reorder their lives. This description of hope played out in these people's lives seems in stark contrast to the type of living hope that Peter describes for us. Listen again to what he says about our living hope. He says it's an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who by faith are shielded in God's power. Do you see the difference? Our living hope is not challenged or threatened by our circumstances that may or may not let us down. It is waiting for that. More than that, it is being kept for us in heaven. It's not about the situations in which we find ourselves now, but about something far greater than us and our temporary circumstances. The living hope Peter describes is based upon the resurrection power of Jesus at work. Listen to how Paul describes this power in Ephesians 1. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you have been called. The glorious riches of inheritance of his holy people and his incomparably great Power. For those of us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right in the heavenly realms. Wow, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us today, bringing us hope. Listen to what he says about our hope for the future. Again, in Ephesians 1, you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. This hope has secured for us a place in heaven. It's guaranteed. And not only does that power have an effect on our future being in heaven, but it affects our lives here and now. Ephesians 3, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work in us. Wow, that resurrection power is at work in us today, doing immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. You can tell that I enjoy reading Ephesians. It's packed with fantastic truth. Having a living hope based on these truths changes everything. It means our perspective shifts from wishful thinking or working or waiting for things to be better to one of having a sure and secure anchor point, seeing beyond our current situations and circumstances and therefore being able to live from a place of faith and peace because we have nothing to earn or prove or strive for. Yes, there are jobs to be done, mortgages to be paid, kids to be raised. In the case of Frankel and Friends, there were lives to be preserved. But what they demonstrated is it's possible to live your life in such a way that your attitude and actions are driven by your inner beliefs and where your hope is placed. What we hope for in the future defines how we live our lives today. What we hope for in the future defines how we live our lives today and that's the challenge that I believe this passage brings for us. We can see how having a living hope has a positively profound effect on our lives but why is the principle raised here alongside the issue of suffering? Is it just to help us get through the bad times in life? Well in part I think so. Certainly what we've seen so far would suggest that but I think if we dig a bit deeper and read a bit further, we can see that there's more to it than that. After describing this living hope and the inheritance being kept for us, Peter goes on to say, in all this, he's talking about our inheritance, you greatly rejoice. So we're rejoicing in this inheritance. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Notice how he's referring to the rejoicing and to the grief and trials are both in the present tense. We're experiencing them at the same time. How can that be, I hear you ask? Or I would hear you if you were sitting in the same room as me. I think what Peter is describing here is a unique relationship that born-again Christians have with joy and suffering. You see, as we experience suffering in the world around us, we do this through the lens of Jesus being our living hope and keeping our eyes fixed on him. We are also able to grow in our joy of knowing him as we're experiencing the suffering. During my mid-teens and early 20s, both my parents died just a few years apart. And this caused me to really plunge the depths of my soul to ask questions and think about, What did I really believe? What what was my life about? What did I want? What did I feel I could do? In that time, I asked God some really hard questions. Not hard for him, but hard for me, risky for me to ask. Was he really my comfort in times of trouble? Was he really my strong tower when I felt vulnerable? Did he really have plans to prosper my life when it all looked pretty bleak? If I hadn't been prepared to take a risk on some of those questions and had run away from my sorrow rather than running into it, I couldn't have discovered the God that I now know in the way that I do. And although I'm desperately sad that my parents haven't been around to see me grow up and get married and have kids and do the job that I do, I wouldn't change anything for the world. Because I know that through my trials and suffering, I have discovered a hope that is greater than my circumstances, a living hope. When Jesus went to the cross, he went crying out in agony to his father. He was suffering. And yet he went for the joy set before him, which was us. Suffering and joy go hand in hand. The darker the sky, the brighter the star. Our suffering is not in vain. Paul describes this dynamic at work in 2 Corinthians four seventeen. for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I don't think the outworking of a living hope is limited to just helping us get through times of trouble when we're on the back foot, so to speak. No, I think these verses and indeed my own experience suggest to me that suffering is actually a key agent in helping us grow in our joy and understanding of who God is and who he's called us to be. This scripture and others seem to suggest to me that as we press into suffering and allow God to be God in our moments of need, we learn more of who he is and we simultaneously invest in our heavenly future as we allow his glory To shine through in us. So in conclusion, how do we live this out on a day-to-day life then? Peter is exhorting us in these verses to embrace the suffering that comes our way by fixing our eyes, not on the temporary things that might try to offer immediate relief, but instead to focus on the living hope that Jesus has won for us on the cross. By doing this, we are going to know a peace and a security in our spirits and also grow in joy. So where do we go from here in order to do that? Well, I have three suggestions for you. Firstly, spend time in God's word. It changes our thoughts and words and actions. It builds us up. It fills our mind with truth that fends off the temporary worries for a life of peace You can join one of our Bible study groups here to to read and study with others. You could follow a plan to read through the Bible on your own or with friends. You could read with people in your household and your family. Find a way that works for you and read it. Secondly, spend time in prayer. Prayer helps us connect with God as we unburden ourselves of the temporary things of this world. And it creates space for him to speak to us about the things that are in his heart. As we catch a vision, his vision, for things going on around us, it it helps us ground ourselves in him as we cry out for the things on our planet. And thirdly, spend time worshipping, whether it is out in creation, in the shower, in your household, online. Create space to adore him, encounter him, be filled with the Holy Spirit. As we worship, it helps us catch a glimpse of the life to come and it lifts our eyes from an earthly perspective to a heavenly one. I realize that these things sound simple, but there really is no substitute for spending time with Jesus if we really want to embrace life as a disciple. In this season where many of our daily activities have been stripped away and we've been forced to face the fragility of the human condition, don't worry too much if you haven't managed quite as much cleaning as you liked or haven't maybe read all the books that you wanted to. Perhaps instead allow yourself a moment to breathe and consider how is your internal compass doing? Is it orientated towards the safety and security of our living hope? Or are you being driven by the fears, anxieties and pressures of the temporary? Try not to run away from suffering or hard choices, but allow God to walk you through them so that you can learn from your situations what he has to teach you. I would encourage you this week to take some time and just work out how to build these foundational practices into your life. Because I know that as we give time to building our inner lives based on God's word, on prayer and on worship, we're investing in a future that nothing can destroy. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much, God, that you are our comfort. That you're our shelter that you're our strong tower and i thank you god that as we place our faith in you jesus we are placing our faith in something eternal we are placing our faith in a living hope that neither moth or rust can destroy help us god to lift our eyes from the temporary circumstances in which we find ourselves and to look with a heavenly perspective at all that you have for us I pray for anyone watching today who doesn't know you, Jesus. Would you lift their eyes to you, God? Would you open their eyes to the wonders of what it is to be in relationship with you? And I pray, God, for all of us that during this week, you would help draw us into that quiet place where we can hear your whispering words of love and peace and encouragement and draw close to you. In your precious name, Lord. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening. It's been wonderful to be with you. If you are watching this and you aren't yet a follower of Jesus and you'd like to find out more about what it is to be in a relationship with him, there's a button you can click on your screen, which gives you an option to chat to somebody else about that. And indeed, if you'd like prayer about anything, do uh, contact the prayer team on screen and they'd love to talk with you. Look forward to seeing you all next week. Have a great few days. Bye bye.